When it comes to discussing our bodies, we often get a little uncomfortable. Women's health issues are often seen as off-limits, taboo topics we just don't talk about. It's time for that to change. Let's talk. Welcome to the Brave Mama podcast, where we are going to do exactly that. Discuss everything from periods to pregnancy, motherhood to menopause. No topic is off-limits. Join Stephanie Thompson, the brave mama and author of The Day My Vagina Broke, as she asks other brave women about their personal health challenges and triumphs. You will learn, laugh and cry as Stephanie finds out everything you wanted to know but were too afraid or embarrassed to ask. So grab a cuppa and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Lowdown with Brave Mama. This is your host, Steph Thompson, speaking right now, but very shortly joining us will actually be a new host. So while I love chatting to women about women's health, today we are flipping the mic on Steph and I've invited my very, very good friend, John, who also is a podcast host, who will be joining us in a moment and he will actually be taking control of the mic and interviewing me for Women's Health Week 2022. Now, the reason I specifically asked him to come on and interview me is because while we're talking about Women's Health Week, I think it is just as important, if not more important, that we invite men and everyone along on this journey and conversation for women's health because it is not our sole responsibility to look after ourselves all the time and it's really nice to be able to bring and broaden the conversation. So good morning John, how are you? Hi Steph, thank you so much for having me here. I'm actually very very honoured to have you. I'm actually going to hand the mic literally to you and let you go for it. I'm going to stop talking which is uh, hard to do sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well I want you to talk definitely a lot because there are some really great things that you're going to share. I want to start by just mentioning how well you gave this introduction because so many different times we don't realize how interconnected we are. And really, Mm. as men, we can't be men without women. And I'm sure in your relationship, your husband isn't able to be his best self if you're also not your best self. So your health is actually at the top of his priority list, I'm sure. And it's really important as men for us to talk about women's health as much as it is for women to talk about women's health. And I'm really grateful to be here today because you're somebody who I am observing serving a lot of different people. So I'm really grateful to be able to be of service to you a little bit today. And we're going to start by having one of the best questions that I love that you ask others. (laughs) And I'm going to get to ask you today is who were you? Who was Steph before becoming a mom? Because we've definitely heard a lot about your mom journey, but I'd love to hear a little bit about the pre-mom journey. That's actually quite funny because when I ask that question, I, I feel it's really easy. And now it's a bit of a um, payback because I'm like, oh, <laughs> hang on. You have to actually stop and think who we were before becoming moms. And mm. it's a great time to reflect because when you're on the journey, you know, to motherhood and in motherhood, it's like you're in the thick of it and you do so many things and you give so much to others that we forget who we were. And to be Mm -hmm. fair, I think I could easily tell you all the things that I was. So I was a teacher. I had been teaching for a very long time in primary school. I was a triathlete who loved not only one sport, but three. (laughs) Mm. Um, And I loved, you know, being social, being with friends, going out and all of the things, right? But Mm -hmm. Knowing this question was coming, like it was no surprise, I actually thought on a deeper level, hang on a minute, I've just shared with you all the things that I did, all the things that Steph, you know, did, but ultimately it's not who I was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if I explain that a little bit further, I think at the time in my twenties and thirties, I was a lost soul. Oh, Yeah, I did all of these things and I, you know, kind of did the triathlon journey after a cancer journey. So early twenties, I wanted to be a mum so bad. Mm. I, it's, I thought about it. I dreamt about it. 
At 26, I wanted to have six kids. <laughs> <laughs> and looking back now, I now know why my nan laughed at me when I said mm. that. But I thought in my mind I wanted to be a mum so bad. In retrospect, I look back and I feel now I was so lost in my 20s and I didn't know who I was. I thought becoming a mum would fix that. Oh. Yeah. I thought by being a mum, I would have purpose. Mm. I would have someone to love me um, unconditionally. And I was craving that and didn't have that. Mm. So obviously going to the doctor and saying at 26, oh, I can't fall pregnant. What's happening? I want to be a mom. And then she's like, actually, it's cancer instead. Obviously, that's not how it played out so simply. Mm. But I was thrown into the depth of going, okay, all your dreams, all your hopes, all of your aspirations are now on hold. Mm -hmm. We just need to do this thing for a year and then you can get on with life. And I remember asking my hematologist or oncologist, so when can I have a baby? As I'm mm. sitting there kind of getting pumped with chemotherapy, I'm like, she's like, oh, you don't need to worry about that. I'm like, that's the only thing I'm worried about. <laughs> Something beautiful happened though. Mm -hmm. At the on that very last chemotherapy session, I visualized myself running out of the room and out into the car park to celebrate, just to get away. Mm -hmm. And it was probably at that moment in time I thought, I just want to keep running. I just want to run away from this. This has been so horrible. And but so many people go through it. So many people mm. go through horrible things. You just have to pull on your big girl pants and get on with life. Mm. That's where my journey, I guess, to discovering who I was began. Wow. Because I feel like I ran out of the room and I actually ran from the life I had. So I had, mm -hmm. a, a, I had a good life, like I had a good job and I had a good partner and I had a good house and a good car. But for me, there was always that missing piece. So I packed up everything and I moved to London by myself. Whoa. Yeah. I walked away from my job. I walked away from my car. I walked away from my engagement. I was meant to be married and having children. Mm. And I, I left. And um, it was probably the best thing I did because wow. that was, yeah. That was the start of finding out who I actually was, Stephanie Thompson, not the things I did. Mm. In retrospect, of course, we look at things very differently. If you are speaking to a young woman right now who mm -hmm. is not yet a mom mm -hmm. and is feeling a little bit lost and is trying to find themselves, what would you tell her? Oh, great question. And I feel like I can answer it much better now, even, even than before or in my twenties is that don't try and fit in. Don't try mm. and fit in with a circle of friends and be a certain way and look a certain way. Mm. When you wake up and you look in the mirror and you're like, I love that person. I yes. love her. That's what you need to discover how to do. I think lots of people will find that ultimate moment in a number of pathways. Mm -hmm. For me, it was reading a whole lot of books, you know, like um, Mel Robbins, The High Five Habit, yes. and listening to a lot of podcasts, a lot of positive self-affirmation podcasts that in my teens and 20s would have been referred to as rubbish Oh, you know, they just love themselves. Why do people love themselves? I'm not sure if you feel it in Canada, but in Australia, there's certainly like we call it the tall poppy syndrome, where if you see someone excelling or doing mm -hmm. well or looking amazing, you find really quickly ways to chop them down and yes. pick, at, pick at them and discredit them and to bring them back down to earth. So they say, and now that I can see that that's just them and their own insecurities, <laughs> it's been amazing. Mm. So now when you do wake up and you're like, oh, wow, who is that person in the mirror? 
oh, that's who she is. She likes this. She enjoys doing this. She has values in this. When you discover those things. Yes. Oh, it's life-changing, really. Mm. This is a little bit of a hard question. Okay. And I've had the privilege of seeing you interact with your children. Mm -hmm. And it's lovely. And I'm sure some of it may have come from you being a teacher and and these things. I can see that your journey of self-discovery has probably helped you become a very different kind of mom versus being a mom who is still lost and is still following along, just doing what other people want. Mm. How can the moms who didn't really go through that self-discovery journey Mm. have some opportunity to be set free from that life and really come into their own as a mom, just like you are now, because I'm seeing the advantages of you being a mom being this way. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's never too late. I want to start with that. It doesn't matter if you have not had children yet, if you have young children like me, or if your children are teenagers and adults, I don't believe that it's ever too late to f- discover who you are, to be able to help them. You know, we we hear a lot, right, John, that, oh, you can't pour from an empty cup and you can't give to your kids if you haven't fulfilled yourself. Mm. That's the most important part of the journey. To answer it in terms of parenting, mm-hmm. honestly, I actually think I'm still navigating that element a little bit, Uh, actually Mm. a lot, a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I'm sure all parents are. Yes. Yeah. But uh, so for example, when Elsie was first born, I had all of the books, you know, the the best Mm. mom book, this, this book, that book. Um, Sometimes when you realize, actually, I loved one time I was staying in this um, support unit and the, the midwife said to me, do you know what? With all of these books, the best one you can read is, um, oh gosh, it's going to be on the top of my top, like, like kind of like almost their parenting. So yes. basically if, and I'll find the, the proper name and I'll, I'll share it, but basically if you can get through the day and be almost there, then mm. you're doing an amazing job. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gives yourself permission to have a bad day or a bad moment. I know from my perspective, I hate being a yelly mom. So mm-hmm. if I yell at my kids, I internalize that for a long time. I keep, it holds me back for the rest of the day or the next day. And even though I apologize to them, when I am in chronic pain, I still find myself saying, hurry up and get in the car. Mm. And reacting in a way that I don't want to be, even though I've got this amazing self-discovery and I love who I am, there are still elements of me that I do not like. And that Mm -hmm. is being a mom who yells. Mm. So this is what I mean. It's, It's a continuing thing. Yes. And I love that you are saying that because I feel like if we ever make anybody feel like they're not there yet, then that's a really harmful expectation Mm. when all of us are really just on our journey. I would love to be able to loop in the partnership piece and the communication piece with you and your husband Mm. when you are in need of some time for self-discovery or if you um, just need some time to be able to do some things for you to be more you. Yeah. How do you go about communicating with your spouse maybe on a day-to-day basis, but also maybe on a a larger basis, just so that people who are listening can have an example of what you do and then maybe they can figure out what they can do. Yeah, and that only came from trial and error. Like I didn't read a book on this one. (laughs) Mm. I didn't find out from someone else. The first experience was a big ticket item. I was in a very bad place mentally, but didn't know it. I thought I Mm. was doing ticking all the boxes, good mom, good mom, good mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and an event happened in our house. And I, I had, I think I, I'm pretty sure I talk about this in the book, so I don't need to go into it too much. But basically when my husband got home from work, I said, I just need to go to Bali for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, what now? I said, I just need to go to Bali to go on this retreat. And he's like, what is a retreat? I don't even know yeah. what you like. 
I was expecting you to say we're having spaghetti for dinner, not mm. that you're going to Bali or that you need to go to Bali. And I said to him at the time, and this was this is exactly where I was at, I don't know how to explain this to you in words. I'm just telling you I have to go. I will be back. I will be back in five days. And then obviously conversations had to be unpacked about, well, how do we financially afford this when it was not on the cards and there was mm. no surplus funds? Who's going to look after our children? Because at the mm -hmm. time, John, they were two and three years old. Wow. And we had like minimal support. And so I had to figure those things out. I said, I don't even know how to, but I'm going to. And he's like, I think his response was shock. And he just mm. said, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, and basically I worked it out and he's like, so when is this happening? Thinking it was in the future. I said, next Wednesday. I'm like, oh <laughs> shit. Okay. Okay. And I think maybe in retrospect, that was helpful because there wasn't too much time to think about all the reasons not to go. Mm -hmm. So I packed and I left. And the most pivotal moment of that, when I returned, probably about two or three weeks later, that's mm. when I realized I had to write a book. That's when I realized mm. I had all these things I needed to unpack from my um, grief backpack. Of and course. He, yeah. He said to me, Steph, you took that lady to Bali and you've brought my wife back. Aww. Right. Yeah. So I think we just had that level of trust and respect that he knew I was not just going there to, to drink cocktails and waste our family money that we didn't have. Correct. He knew and he believed in me enough that I'm not, I'm not a, that type of person. Mm. So that was a big ticket item. That was, that was hard. And a lot of people wouldn't be supportive of that. Perhaps he might not have wanted to but he also knew what i'd been through with the trauma mm, that's right he probably didn't know how to say no right sure yeah now on the day-to-day -day basis like when things like this happen when i just either need time out for physical reasons in pain mm -hmm. or, uh we've worked out along the years <laughs> it's like coming up to seven years now so you, you would want to hope that you've worked something out <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> where instead of saying uh, I'm in pain. I'm in pain. I think we all know that when someone says something repeatedly day after day after day after day, Correct. you can, you can easily tune out. Mm, yes. Okay. Because like, oh, here we go. It's coming. Mm -hmm. So I tried to dig a little bit deeper and say to him, all right, we need to have a conversation about this because I'm mm. saying I'm in Correct. pain. You're saying, okay and then there's no change and yes. it would result in tears and yelling and you know all from me and so I came up with a pain scale for so from one to ten. Oh, wow mm -hmm. smart yes I, I well I think like I said it's just trial and error I was like we need to try something else so number one meant that I'm pretty good during the day mm. I can function as our new normal whatever that is mm-hmm when that pain scale got up to about a level five, say, for mm. example, we were out at a barbecue or something. I'm like, babe, I'm at a five. He mm. now knows that a five means in about 20 minutes, we've got to wrap this up and start heading home. Got it. When it kind of gets to a pain level seven or eight, he knows that it's time for him to stop it, whatever he is doing at that point. Correct. And take over with the kids. Mm. We know generally that's around about dinner time, bedtime routine. Okay, got it. Means that I have to go and lay down for a look, look, look half an hour, legs up mm -hmm. against the wall, trying mm -hmm. to push all the pelvic organs back up in for gravity. Mm -hmm. And if I get to a nine and 10, he knows that I am out. I have tagged yes. out. I yep. am laying down flat and I'm not getting up until the morning. Yes. That all sounds amazing. And I'm really lucky that my husband is amazing mm -hmm. to be able to respond to that. Yes. Right. I understand yes. not everyone will have that, but I think the more communication you have. Yes. 
the better chance that you have. And it's really hard to explain pelvic organ prolapse to anyone. It was hard for me to get grasp the concept myself as the person living with it, mm-hmm. let alone trying to explain it to your husband, your boss, cool. your brother, your partner. And so I love that you're bringing in the male perspective in this conversation, by the way, because I feel like we are just getting through the barriers of being able to talk to women about women's health. Yes. (laughs) Now to take it further and talk to our sons and our partners and husbands and potentially our employers Mm -hmm. is the next thing. Very much so. Yes. If you had an opportunity right now where Mm -hmm. your listeners could use what you're about to say next as a voice clip to share with their partner, Mm-hmm. What would you say, <clears throat> excuse me, what would you say to men to help them be a little bit more proactive? Because a lot of the times if they're, if they're responding, for example, you going up to your husband saying, hey, I'm at a five right now, mm-hmm. that would be him responding, which is wonderful because sometimes all we can do is respond. Yes. What would you say to men to, of how they could be more proactive so that maybe things could be alleviated before something got to a five. Okay. I've got my thinking hat on. That's a really um, great, I don't know if, if any of that, I know we've got people tuning in live right now, which is amazing. Hello. And I don't, mm. I didn't say hello. So hello everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. If they have any tips as well, please feel free to share them because I feel like even though I have gone through this learning journey, I'm not the holder of all the knowledge and so this is why I I love sharing tips because what's worked for me might not work for someone else but correct what's worked for someone else could work for us (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so if so just to get this right I am now thinking from the male's perspective how can we be better supported before it gets to the five sure yeah or what what are some ways that a man can just be more proactive with his partner or wife with um in in general when it comes to health okay oh okay to be curious so Ah. because i do believe especially in my husband's generation he only had one brother and no Mm -hmm. sisters Mm -hmm. so women's health was his mom's issue alone it was her Mm. private business and even if she wanted to share the boys were never going to probably allow that to happen because they felt uncomfortable or awkward or whatever. Sure. They they probably felt um, it wasn't their place. Mm. That, you know, like the the pads and tampon section in Mm -hmm. a supermarket here is based around the the nappy section. So where mums go to buy nappies and baby formula that's where they have their products so men usually used probably skip straight down that aisle and just nothing just oblivious to what what all these things are Mm -hmm. I also believe that part of their education is they're not given permission to be curious about Mm -hmm. the opposite sex gender and anatomy Mm -hmm. because think about it from the time our children are so young we tell them to cover up we tell them not to talk about it. Don't look at it. And so it's complicated. Yes, very much so. But I really, really appreciate your answer because curiosity really is the root of all things. And if men can be a little bit more curious, then mm-hmm. I believe they wouldn't have to be feeling like they're always reacting to things or responding to things. Yeah, or or responding in the wrong way. I think it's totally fine for a male to say, "Hey, I don't, I don't quite understand that. Can you, can you explain it to me from your angle? Can you mm. just tell me what it's like for you? Because I'm not sure about this stuff, and and not be expected to know everything." Hmm. So true. Um, mm. I love that we got to learn a little bit about who you were before becoming a mom. <laughs> Was there any other details that you feel like um, you want the listeners to know about you pre being a mom or um, yeah. And, or, and then we can move on to the next question. Yeah. I don't know. Probably more just so that I thought I knew everything. I, I honestly <laughs> did. 
I think too, because of their teaching background and working with children for what, 15 years before I even became a mom, mm. I honestly thought I had a really good understanding of children, um, child development, parenting, because mm-hmm. they, they were in my care for so many days of the year. And, yeah. and so I felt like I, I knew what I was doing when I got there. I realized I knew nothing. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Honestly, I knew Absolutely. nothing because mm. there's a shift. There is an actual legitimate shift in the way that you view the world, the way that you think about children, the way that you feel. And and so, so, just to give a clear example about what I'm saying here, I used to love on the children so much like they were my own. But when I became a mom, that love turned to worry and that worry mm. turned to anxiety. Wow. And yeah, when I went, I, as a teacher, I got to go home at, you know, three o'clock and then it would turn off. Yes. Now, now that my children are in my care 24 seven, that level of worry and love and anxiety never turns off and it's exhausting. Yes. Oh, I'm sure it's like the two sides of a coin. We just think about the love side, but yeah. we very rarely think about the worry side. And it's yeah. not just on a day-to-day basis, but I'm sure you're constantly thinking about, hey, is what I'm doing going to scar my child for the rest yeah. of their life? Yes. And that's like, it's a long-term worry as well, which, wow, God bless moms, because man, that's a lot to, <laughs> to really. It's a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a lot to carry. Absolutely. And this is why I am really, really, I admire you for creating a space for moms because if anybody deserves support, it really is moms. And this goes into the podcast. You've created this podcast. You've been able to do wonderful things with it. I'm so, so happy to hear, to mm-hmm. see the momentum and the success yeah. that you've had with it. Can you tell us a little bit more about the podcast, more specifically also why you started it? Yeah, I think, and thank you. That's really kind. I see it as successful too, and successful to me for this Mm -hmm. podcast looks like supporting women who feel alone. Yes. Because that's what we see. We see those private messages come in and just say, thank God you're here. Because Mm -hmm. before this, I felt like I was the only person experiencing pelvic organ prolapse by myself. Mm -hmm. Yes. I knew nothing about it. So not only are we helping educate people, I guess we're also planting the seed of curiosity to allow them to go and investigate what could help them better for themselves, Mm -hmm. right? So that was what success looks like to me. Download numbers. I know that we've celebrated 10,000 downloads, which I celebrate too because podcasting, there's a lot of work involved that people don't see behind the scenes, which you would know. (laughs) <laughs> so to, to to have that reach, I guess I'm very proud of that, but it's not the thing that I see as success. Um, the whole idea of the podcast was to flow on from the book. So we wrote the book, The Day My Vagina Broke, published it and initially thought, oh my gosh, this is just going to change the world overnight, right? Mm-hmm. Again, naive. <laughs> and then you put it out there in the world and then you very quickly grow with maturity with the right people around you who I guess educate you to say one book won't change the world you need to do more mm-hmm. so I was like okay I signed up for this what's the next thing I am determined to see the change we need to see in this women's health space for my little Elsie mm-hmm. and so to me it made sense you write a book, you have conversations with people about it. They want to continue those conversations. We created the online Brave Mama community where women can have a private space to discuss their pelvic health. Mm-hmm. Then, okay, that's great for them because that's very private. But if we want to change society, if we want better, then we're going to have to go public with some element of that. Yes. So not the people in the private space, but the topics. I thought we need to start talking about this so it's no longer taboo and it's Mm -hmm. no longer shameful. Podcasting seemed to be like the next best fit. I mean, in between, mind you, we did actually write and produce a short film 
called my invisible disability mm. again that's a one-off thing yes to continue conversations we've got to just keep talking we're just going to keep yes. on unpacking taking off the layers finding out i can tell you john the amount of information i have learned myself from talking to women on the podcast has been phenomenal oh yes I sit there and I'm nodding like a, you know, like a nodding doll and my head's about to fall <laughs> off just going, wow, really? Oh my God, that's mm. amazing. So I think we can do that and it, it, it kind of covers two parts. Number one, we do get to get information out there. Number two, for any woman or person who is not yet comfortable talking about their pelvic health, they've just got it sitting very discreetly in their ears via a mm, podcast safe love that. no one has to know what they're listening to it's Correct. no one else's business but they've still got access mm -hmm. and it's free right yeah you don't have to buy a book you don't have to buy a subscription you can just log on and listen to anything that you want when you need for free mm-hmm mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you podcast? <laughs> for sure, yeah. And why wouldn't you listen to a podcast when you can get all mm. the specialists on very specific topics at the tip of your fingertips? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I love I it. I know this is going to be a little bit hard for you to answer because Ooh. it's kind of like saying, you know, who's your favorite child because you can't really pick between them. <laughs> Do you have, what's a really, off the top of your head right now, mm -hmm. what's a really memorable conversation or thing mm. that you learned in the podcast okay so far yeah two seasons mm -hmm. it is like you're a bit cruel because it is like picking your favorite yeah. child <laughs> i know but i just had to yes but i think it's fair though because i there have been so many conversations with experts and mm -hmm. so many key things i have learned along the way correct but a conversation in particular is coming this is how it still Ooh. hasn't been released, but we've Ooh. had it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Where at the end of it, I felt the most inspired to take action. Wow. Mm -hmm. So it actually, it is around childbirth and it is around motherhood, not so much pelvic organ prolapse, but it was the one where I got off the call and went, Google that. You have to do something. And I'm actually closing this season with that episode for Beautiful. that reason. <laughs> yeah. yes. I don't want to give too much away, but the, the lady I spoke to, she said, I'm not inspiring. I don't want to be known as inspiring. And I was like, mm. oh, how do I not say you yeah. inspired me? <laughs> Correct. Exactly. So I took action oh. instead. Inspired action. Yes. Mm. That's wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that because as a lot of times I think as creators, we do look historically at our past moments mm. that we really like. And I'm just so happy to hear that the upcoming moments are the ones that you're really excited about yeah. because it just goes to show how things are growing and progressing and you as a person are growing and progressing. And this isn't just a conversation for you to have the same thing over and over again but yeah. you're constantly looking at how to take this to the next level. And so where are you like with the community mm -hmm. and with the podcast, where are you thinking of taking it? What's um, where, what's next? Okay. I love that in terms of um, there's been some, it's been a roller coaster, right? I and guess. I love because I know our listeners and I know one in particular is listening live today. We've just become, amazing friends. And mm -hmm. I love that. I never will let that go. And it's so some, it's something that you don't know is going to happen until it's happened. I could yes. not have predicted that the people that I would have met on this journey will impact my life forever. <laughs> mm, it makes me, it actually makes me a little bit um, emotional, I guess, because it's been such a pleasant surprise that I'm very honored and I want to treasure that. Yes. Have, of course, like anything that you do. So I know that I think this is coming up to the third year since the book was released. It was never, there was never a plan, John. There was never, <laughs> it was just doing off 
what I felt was the right thing at the time. Correct. Because I, I was a teacher and I'm no longer able to be a teacher. So I cannot, I do not have any capacity to earn income as a teacher anymore because mm-hmm. walking and standing is impossible all day. Yes. That is required of a teacher. Yes. So when I wrote the book, I knew that it wasn't going to be something that could buy me a Ferrari in my driveway. Not that I would mm-hmm. want one. Yes. But I did think it will help support me do something else. That's not how it works, actually, for authors. Mm. Unless you are Julie Solomon and you are selling a gazillion copies of your book via mm-hmm. social media, then maybe. But that alone is only one piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So creating a free Facebook group to support women, creating a free podcast to support women, I very kindly was told by a coach that <laughs> <laughs> what I do is a passion project. It, mm-hmm. It's not a business. It will never mm-hmm. be a business. Mm-hmm. That for me was okay. I was like, I never want to monetize this. This is not no. something where I'm going to earn my income because of the amazing and amazingly vulnerable women in our space yes. do not need to be sold to or do yes. not need to be charged because I felt like it wasn't fair. Even yes. though people along the way have said, oh, you absolutely can because, you know, you've paid for services, you've paid for this. And I'd sometimes go, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, just no. Mm. It's within the core of me that just keeps coming up with no. Mm-hmm. However, in saying that, at the same time, I feel like we've come along this brave mama journey since 2019 and we've talked about pelvic health and how do we make it better. And I think, well, now in my life, I have to actually go and do something to earn money. That is our human basic need. There's Correct. no surprises there. Yes. I cannot keep doing this for free. Well, I get, I, ultimately, you, you can if that's your choice. Correct. But for me, as a very financially independent woman my entire life, relying on my husband for the rest of my life, there's, there's a, long, a long way to go, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel okay with me. Mm. The fact that his superannuation fund is double mine because I haven't been able to work for the last seven years mm-hmm. is just something that drives me to the one to go and do something else. Mm. what that is I've been trying to put them together (laughs) Mm -hmm. like the brave from a community because I love it it lights me up I love being in this space how do you then make a business and I think that's kind of where we're at right now Mm. is figuring that out because Mm -hmm. I'm not charging those women anything and I don't ever want to Mm mm-hmm But I'm at the point where I'm excited to see what comes next. And I know that you and I have had conversations offline with our podcasting journeys. And then potentially we will start helping other people start their podcasts. Mm -hmm. And we're going to help other people become partners. Like I've partnered with amazing companies like Modibody and Toyota and Huggies. And I've done all that. And I love that. So I guess what I'm saying is teaching is always within me. Yes. So... The Brave Mama community will always remain there, teaching Mm -hmm. and educating as a passion. Mm -hmm. But now I'm looking at becoming a teacher of knowledge in other spaces. Yeah, I love that. And you're very good at it. So I'm really glad that that's Uh, something that you are not (laughs) abandoning um, because that would be very wasted. Um, And I also know that you're not going to say this, so I'm going to say it on your behalf. (laughs) For anybody who's listening right now, if you have ideas because you feel really poured into by Steph for the years of being in her community or listening and getting value out of the podcast. If you have any ideas of way that Steph might be able to move towards so that she can have financial independence as well, um, and you want to reach out to her, um, I definitely encourage you to do so. When we do things where we do it together, and mm-hmm. she's very much been a together person for your behalf, um, mm-hmm. helping all the members of this community. And so I think it's only right for the community to also come together right now. 
um, with different ideas if you feel like you have one um, to support Steph in this next step as well, because a rising tide lifts all boats and really wherever Steph goes, the rest of the community is going to go and everybody's just going to benefit from it. So I wanted to say that on your behalf really quickly. Oh, bless you. Thank you, John. Of course. <laughs> I just, you know, I wanted to just say too, linking back to that, the reason why I want to share the next part of my journey is because I, I'm not the only one in this mm. public health space who will be struggling to continue their career as they had it. We have nurses who can yes. no longer lift patients. We Correct. have other teachers that can't do their job. We have just an array of amazing women that I want them to, to mm -hmm. be able to find a new career that lights them up, that gives yes. them that fulfilling feeling mm. and earn money. Like I'm discovering that piece. And when I discover that, I'm going to share that because they deserve that too. Yes. Well, I mean, this is me just talking off the cuff right now because you know how I am. <laughs> love I would it. love to see some kind of an incubator created where all of the, the people in your community who have experienced different ideas of how to continue on in their life and create new streams of income come together and share that and support others and be oh. almost a, um, a, a mastermind or, or a, yes. a brainstorm An session. agency. That's right. To be mm. able to say, okay, wait, you used to be in this industry and now you can't do it anymore. Well, what if we can take your skills and then turn it into this? And now this is your yes. new career. And yes. this is just women supporting women and in being able to be creative and thinking about what else could be done um, in this little new incubator or mastermind or whatever you want to call it. I love that because women's health, even though we talk about the pelvic health journey, mm -hmm. our mental health and everything that comes into that, our financial our well-being yes, totally. is all part of who we are, right? Yes. 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 And I, love I think figuring out how to, I used to work as a corporate recruiter. So learning how to speak to recruiters and mentioning certain things and then having roles that are created that mm -hmm. may be adjusted for um, people so that it could be they're wonderful workers and they're able to do incredible things, but they just may need a certain accommodations. So mm -hmm. figuring out how to change the nature of all of these things and creating a movement to fight for it so that women can live full and flourishing lives doing yes. what they were created to do. Yes. Uh, I think there's so much opportunity here. A hundred percent. You know, it's funny that I had thinking back, uh, a few, not long after Elsie was born, I did retry, I did actually try and return to school a number of mm. times and in a number of different ways, I tried really hard to uh, make adjustments within myself and within our family. Mm. I remember walking in to one of my supervisors and saying, listen, I'm having a lot of trouble physically here at school. I didn't want to say too much because They'd only been in the role for like two months. We didn't have oh, a working relationship. Yeah. Yeah. She had no idea who I was. I had no real idea who she was. And I suggested I would really love the, the opportunity to go and work in the library because if you are a librarian here in Australia, mm. the children come to you. You don't have to walk around yes. the school. Yes. There will be times during the day where you could actually go to the toilet 10 or 15 times if you need to because the children are not always in your care for the entire yes, day correct um and the answer was just a flat out no it wasn't even wow. a conversation and so wow. i think it's important to know that i've come i've tried so many different ways and come across so many hurdles that ultimately the decision had to be made to retire from teaching because there was no way mm. to communicate what was happening for me do you know why john why because I hadn't written the book yet. I oh, didn't, I, yeah, I yes. didn't have the words to explain something. I did not understand myself. Wow. And so I love that you use the word agency, kind of like how some workers have unions to stand yes. up for them. Yes. It would be so wonderful if there was an agency where a woman can come to you and say, hey, I don't know how to talk to my employer about this. Yes, can you we support speak them. That's right. Speak on my behalf or represent me with me yeah. while I'm in a yes. conversation. And yes. then the employer would be able to understand that this isn't just a non, you know, whatever person making anything up, but Correct. the gravity of the situation. And then 
uh, perhaps some have some kind of a government type recognition that would allow for you as a governing body or whatever it is to help represent women in a very specific way for their jobs. Bingo. This is why I love talking to you because <laughs> the, uh, it's like a, it's, it is like an incubator of thinking. And so that's ultimately now looking back, I could have said a whole lot of different things in a different way. Mm. And we have those conversations within our private space saying, well, I don't even think I'm going to talk to my boss about this because in particular, he might be male and have no understanding sure. or even a female and have no understanding or empathy. Um, I think that now this is something we could absolutely be doing because mm -hmm. we talked about this actually in our quick episode, our final quick episode last week. It's called Dynamic Disability. Yes. And it talks about how your physical needs change that. And I've always said this, I hate that my prolapse is not predictable, even mm -hmm. though there's a pattern. So the sure. beginning of the day is better. Middle of the day, I need some rest. And by afternoon, nighttime, I need like a lot of support. But sometimes I've been able to walk my little girl to school and come home. I'm like, oh, I'm actually okay for another hour. Mm. And then I'm not great by 11 o'clock, right? Mm -hmm. But then some days I wake up at, you know, whatever. And by 8 a.m., the mm -hmm. symptoms are chronic and that's around your menstrual cycle. They're generally yes. worse if you've got your yes. period um, or, you know, if you're constipated or whatever's going on for you. You mm -hmm. cannot wake up and say to your boss, today I will feel like this at this time. No, that's right. There's no way to know. Yes. And as a boss, like obviously I've been a boss having that unpredictability could be very frustrating as well. So I love your idea of having a middle agency to continue those lines of conversation and, and work out ways and adjustments where people can stay in their profession and thrive at the job and the career that they paid for. Correct. <laughs> you know, the university degree or their training or, or investing their time, whatever that looks like, mm -hmm. to be able to do that because, yeah, I, I just love that you've planted that seed. You can hear my brain ticking. I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and even possibly changing the dynamics of a certain role. So for example, instead of a person working a role that's always siloed, where if they don't show up, then nobody has any idea what's going on. Mm. What if the work that they do is always in partnership with another person? So if yeah. they're in, unable to be there for a certain period of time, another person has the ability to either pick up some slack or continue the work without mm. there being any detriment to the overall project or whatever it is that they're working on. So changing the, the nature of roles yes. themselves for, because the person, the person still creates good work. And at yes, the end of the exactly. day, employers should care more about what is being produced versus how much time is being spent at work. And yes. so, I the mean, outcomes. Yeah, that's right. So since mm -hmm. the nature of the workplace is changing already, why not just put this as a part of the conversation as well? There's a couple of things I want to add to that is number one is thank, thankfully to COVID, like, you know, if you do have to look at some positives, like you said, that work balance, working from home balance has shifted for those people who have the ability to do that. Yes. If you are a service-based industry, like our nurses mm, in our space. Correct. I tell you what happens to them nothing they just mm -hmm. have to what they say here is suck it up yep and live in pain and continue mm. to work because nurses and teachers are a very very special breed of people correct they give and give and give their all all the time mm -hmm. for very little thanks and, and gratitude mm -hmm. like sure you get remunerated by money not much but no one ever says wow you did an amazing job today here is a special award for you here mm -hmm. is some extra benefits for you like you do in corporate mm -hmm. and they just are expected to keep showing up and keep showing up and so i think it's one of those things where and it's mainly female dominated workforces correct that you know male dominated leadership but the majority midwives nurses teachers yes. are still very heavily female dominated where it's just part of childbirth or it's just part of having your period or it's just Correct. part of there like massive conversations we need to be able to 
cheaper way out. I don't think、mm. we could do it overnight.、Mm. But the the idea, you know, like here's a really simple thing, John.、Mm-hmm. Even the uniform. Some people have to wear for a woman、mm-hmm. living with pelvic organ prolapse, and I say this because I know you are an amazing. You're in that fashion industry. Around your tummy, if you have pressure from a pair of pants,、mm-hmm. your prolapse symptoms are going to be stronger, faster, longer, heavier, horrible. Correct. Correct. If a conversation from the brave mama. I'm just going to call it. I'm putting it out there. The Brave Mama Consultancy Agency,、yes. whatever he、mm-hmm. is, able to go in and say, "Hey, listen, we know this is your uniform. However, could we consider an adjustment to the pants to be more like you know, like the really wide waistbands that are a bit softer? Correct. Yes. Or could we change it to a dress? I only wear dresses now. I、mm-hmm. wearing pants is. Like for an hour at dinner, if that, if I'm lucky, have to be elastic waist. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Generally, men's pants, and I, I just wear dresses because it's easier. So,、mm. if we were able to go in and have those conversations on behalf of the person, of you know, the employee, I don't know. I feel like it would help. I don't know. Anyone who's listening right now, give us a thumbs up if you think that is something that would be of benefit if it was done. In a very professional and right way.、Mm-hmm. Interesting. Or, yeah, or message、uh, Steph on Instagram, DM her on what、mm. you feel like you would like represented at、mm. your workplace and how you would like to be represented. I think this just gives an idea of what the need is, so that a solution can be created. I'm even thinking about something as simple as perhaps assertiveness training, and、mm. or or、um, training on having boundaries, so that we're not. Giving and giving, and nurses and teachers are not just giving and giving and giving, but、mm. learning how to have boundaries on that.、Um, mm. Different things just for the overall well-being because this is Women's Health Week, and I feel like these conversations are not just necessarily about how to make something change in the workplace, but、yes. overall about how to make women's health a priority and having not just maybe physical health, but if. A woman is able to know how to speak assertively, and they're able to have more emotional comfort as well. That could、yes. be very beneficial.、Um, I love to be able to put a bow on all of this and go full <laughs> circle on asking how can we all make women's health better, and how can we make this a priority? Yes, by doing exactly what we're doing today, by us purposefully. Inviting you in the conversation. I mean, you're on the other side of the world. You're a male. You know all the. Th- you're in fashion industry. Like all the things that should not be a good fit for the brave member、mm. community, we、mm-hmm. have made it a good fit.、Mm-hmm. Because I think it's important. I mean, you have a mum, obviously. Yes.、Um, <laughs> as, as you said in the beginning, without women, you would not exist. And I love、Correct. that because that I feel like that's actually really powerful, and it's.、Um, It resonated with me. I was like, "Oh yeah, of course!" Like we don't get those basic, "Oh yeah" light bulb moments all the time, and so I think that it's also us continuing these conversations in, I like to say, in a small win type of way.、Mm-hmm. I know there will be women that will literally be protesting this week for women's health, and I'm、mm-hmm. all for them if that's their jam. For us at Brave Mama, it's about chipping away and just doing little, tiny, small wins every day, within your own family. So your very close circle: your dad, your brother,、mm-hmm. your grandfather, your son. Then getting to the next layer of potentially your your daughter's partner, or、um, you know, just just slowly, slowly building out the circle until you get to community. Then. You know, furthering that community and coming onto podcasts like this, coming and talking and sharing your journey, so that it feels common. And I hate the word normal, but it feels normalized. It's no longer、mm. an abnormal thing、yes. to talk about women's health. My main aim next, so our next big ticket item goal,、mm-hmm. is I'm presenting in a room full of midwives and obstetricians about women's pelvic health, birth, and birth trauma. And that, to me, is an amazing opportunity to to get more people on the conversation,、yes. the people who are charged for caring for us. 
But then ultimately what we want to see is that the taboo and shame continues to just dissipate. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's we so can, important. Yeah. We can only do that by talking to those closest to us. Yes. I love it. I would and love in, for you. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, and acknowledging that these conversations can be hard first up. Hey, listen, I want to have a hard conversation with you. I know we're probably not used to talking about this stuff. Are you okay with that? Mm, love that. That's what a small win to me looks like because generally you're asking permission. The person then says yes or no, and you respect mm-hmm. that, and then you move forward. And what a great opportunity because it's Women's Health Week to be yes. able to say, hey, you know, I'm sure you heard that this is Women's Health Week and, and make it so that you're not trying to have attention on yourself, but use this yes. opportunity to have this um, more uncommon conversation if it happens to be uncommon so that you can make it more common Mm. i grew up very similarly as your husband where i have an older brother (laughs) and there's only the two of us and my mom's all alone my poor mother um so if there is anybody listening right now where they're in a situation where they're the only female of the family and Mm. they want to have conversation about women's health what advice would you give them on initiating that kind of conversation. I'm just going to steal your idea because I really loved it. It's it's by saying this week is Women's Health Week. Yes. Did you know that they were talking about this, this and this? And I think that by having that as a way in, or you could say, oh, did you know Steph at Brave Mama did this podcast for Women's Health Week? Here is the link. If you want to listen to it, you can. I think you can send that via a message so that if they don't engage with the conversation after that, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at least, at least you've shared this. Like we've kind of really shone the light on the fact that we need to be talking. But if someone was to share it with their loved one, mm-hmm. then they're kind of giving them the power to start the conversation as well. Yes. Well, I'm going to take the liberty to say, if you are a woman, you're listening to this right now, you want to have a conversation, you're not quite too sure how to, mm-hmm. just share this episode with them. So for example, maybe it's your birthday coming up or something, and then you'd be like, for Women's Health Week, it would be it would mean so much to me as a gift to me for you to just listen to this episode. And wow. then use that as an opportunity for a person um, to listen to this and get an idea of all the different aspects of this and mm. then you can say if you're open to having a conversation after that would be great if not at least you are able to get some more information or education yeah. on this topic through the episode um i just want you to be a part of my life some more um mm-hmm. that we can literally be your mouths to say some things that yeah. you may not totally feel comfortable saying right now that's exactly right and yes it's women's health week but i love how you said that the it doesn't start at end this week these conversations and this podcast will be here forever. So at any time, you can always come back to this episode and say, I know it's not Women's Health Week now, but I think sometimes too, people don't realize that these weeks and special days and, and acknowledgement days, what date they're on. Like sure. They're <laughs> and it can be, because there's also Women's Health Week International and Women's Health Week Australia. So that, you know, there's lots of opportunities. It doesn't have to be just this week if you are not quite there yet if your confidence mm. is not quite ready to talk about women's pelvic health or women's health in general um, I, th- I think that the aim this year of the foundation was to just make sure that you are going in and having regular checks little checks like it might, this week it might be your you're getting your breast awareness check or it might Wonderful. be your yeah your, your your pap smear check all the things that you can sometimes forget about one thing I was, I actually was sitting here going, what was that thing you wanted to say? Do you mind if I say it now before of we course, end? Of course, please. Yes, yes, yes. Is it the main thing we need to be doing, ladies and gentlemen and non-binary and every single person who's listening, we need to change the fact that only 1% of research dollars in our budgets go to women's health. What? Less than 1%. You can see why what? I needed to say that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Oh my goodness. That's not cool. 
It's disgusting. And when I, when I learned that fact, I thought, okay, that is actually Brave Mama's mission long-term now is to make Mm -hmm. sure that the research dollars are increased to be, it's not hard to move the needle from less than 1%. Yep. But obviously it has been a challenge. Uh, I feel the momentum. I feel the inertia is coming Mm -hmm. and that's what we'll be doing. So Keep an eye out for that. Whatever that looks like, it still hasn't been developed from the Brave Mama point of view, mm-hmm. but it will It will be our next mission. Amazing. I love that you shared that. Mm-hmm. And so um, for everybody who's listening, this is meant for you to share. So even, for example, if you're in the middle of an argument with your spouse and they're like, I just don't understand you, then <laughs> you'd be like, listen to this episode then, um, or yeah, whatever maybe. it is whenever it is that you might feel misunderstood by another person, just Mm. share this episode with them, ask them to listen to it. And then um, they'll definitely understand you a lot more and at least have an ability to open up conversation. Thank you, John. You are the best podcast host. This is why we invited you on. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm a fan of yours. I'm really, really glad to support and I see how much you pour into others. So I'm really glad to be here to support you today. That's amazing. Now, just before we go, we might just open it up. We've had amazing people join us for this entire live hour of power today. If you have any questions, you are more than welcome to add them in the chat now, and I will do my very best to answer them. If like we have just talked about, it is a very private space. You can also send them via uh, direct message on Instagram at Brave Mama. And if email is your preferred method, you can just contact Stephanie at bravemama.com and send an email. I personally open my own emails and I personally respond to them as well. Uh, Thank you. Oh, wow. We've just had a lovely feedback. Says, thank you both. Brilliant podcast. Love it. We love you too, my friend. (laughs) All right, John, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much again. And we shall talk soon. Beautiful. Thank you. Until next time. Bye for now. Mama.